Hello, and welcome to the Boom or Bust Fantasy Podcast. We're coming in hot with the best bad takes in the fantasy industry. Here are your hosts, Steve Reed, Kyle Gadley, Drew Marsh, and Zach Beekner. Welcome back to the Boomer Bust Fantasy Football Podcast. Week one is officially in the books. Uh, honestly, guys, I didn't do so hot. I, I had a rough week one in fantasy. So I'm going to kick it off to, or pass it off, I guess you say, to hopefully somebody that had a better week than I did, and that's Kyle. How you doing, Kyle? Pretty good, buddy. Uh, you sound a little upset, so we'll talk about it here. Uh, I went 6-2 and two in my leagues this week, and I am... First place qualifier in my best ball mania draft, and someone else in here is as well. And I'll kick it off to him, Zach. Well, uh, I am also a uh, first place qualifier in the uh, best ball mania, and uh, I went four for four in my fantasies. So, eh. I I took some. What what I think went wrong is I just I spread it out and. I took. I didn't take a lot of shares of anybody. Just just played it safe. See what I could. See what I could win. <laughs> and last but not least, Drew, how'd your uh, first week of fantasy football go? I mean, pretty mediocre overall. I went three and three in my leagues and in my best ball mania. I'm sitting at sixth, so middle of the pack, but room for improvement. But if we have a bad week, it's not going to look good. So. We're looking pretty mediocre week one, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we also want to mention, again, it is only week one. You can't overreact now. Nope. You can't go and sell. Even someone who only got, like, two share, you know, two targets in a game, A-Rob, Devontae Smith kind of stuff, they are going to get theirs throughout the season. Uh, you can't overreact to some of these guys who we're going to talk about in terms of waiver wire pickups here in a little while. Uh, before we get into all that, before we recap our booms and busts from the first week, we do have an announcement to make. The podcast has officially been picked up We will uh, by a website. We will be uh, featured on the Inscriber Magazine website. Uh, you can currently find our podcasts there. A lot more distribution, a lot more eyes on it. So very thankful for that and the ability to put our content in front of more people should lead to you know some success for us and you know hopefully get us uh we're in the right direction so uh, i i personally want to thank the, the three of you for the hard work you guys have put in and dedicated to this uh kind of a brainchild Cod and i had you know just a little over a year ago and drew kind of came on board shortly after and of course zach just recently so thank you guys for for making this all happen oh, yeah, thank definitely. you buddy thank you man yeah thank you we out here so with that, uh, booms and busts for week one. Kyle, did you write them? I know you wrote them down last year. Did you write them down again this year? Yes, for sir. It? I've got the Excel spreadsheet up for us. I know it I wasn't pretty for at least myself. So, Yeah, so I'll just start off here. So the leader of the group, can you guys guess who's leading? Uh, it's not me. Uh, you were hyping yourself up, so I'm going to guess you. Nope. It is uh, Mr. B. It's probably me, huh? It is Drew. (laughs) He is leading us so far through week one. Behind him is Zach, and then there's me, and then there's Steve, tailing it up. 
And hey, not- Steve, but the good thing is you're not in negative points like you were last year. <laughs> you, know? you, got, you got, like, negative 50. Yeah, and I came, <laughs> came back, back to though. take the league. Yeah, so it's also mentioned I had a few players that were, like, borderline booms and busts. So uh, I know it wasn't pretty, but I know what, last week I had Trey Lance. He didn't do anything. But the, to be fair, Chicago's field and just the yeah. weather he played in didn't. I mean, he could have had more rushing yards, I guess. I was going to say, I see a lot of people, like, selling on, like, everybody from the Niners and the Bears. Like, you got to, like, take that game with a grain of salt, dude. That that weather was absolutely terrible for both sides. So, don't overreact. Don't sell David Montgomery or anybody, but... I, dang, how about the, just, just to bring this up, it's not fantasy relevant, but how about the flag that they like, they got thrown for, for taking a towel out <laughs> to dry the ground to oh, kick yeah. a field goal. <laughs> I thought it was even crazier. Did you guys see the sideline, how it was like a third grader drew it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the Soldier Field uh, staff, you know, wonderful. But yeah, I agree. People are selling high on, or not, not even high, selling low now on Chicago and, and San Francisco players. I mean, Fields put up. A respectable week, I guess. 14 fantasy points. Almost 15. Uh, a little bit of his rushing upside. He did have two touchdown passes. So we could, you know, we get a big one to Aquinas St. Brown. And who caught the other one? I'm drawing a blank now. It wasn't... Dante Pettis. Dante Pettis. Yeah. Dante Pettis. Yeah, he, he had one too. So I know Mooney didn't see a lot of work. He think he had what, three targets. Yeah. Um, it's, again, part of it's... The weather part of it is the matchup, uh, and you got to think too. David Montgomery had 17 touches and four targets, like, and he only had six points. Like, he's getting work. Just right. Just yeah. Mandatory Montgomery will do that. Another one would be uh, Cole Komet. He got he dropped a <clears throat> big old zero, and people are talking about dropping him already. And I think you got to at least wait one more week and see what happens because mm-hmm. him and Darnell Mooney not well and that's not going to be the case for the rest of the season absolutely and and i do i do have a little bit of hesitation with montgomery we saw khalil herbert get the goal line work this at least on one drive i don't know i didn't watch the whole game i had red zone on so i i didn't see i saw montgomery had two carries in the red zone they just stopped them but like then again the one he slipped because it was like a puddle so the whole field was a puddle so yeah (laughs) yeah i mean overall who was your biggest disappointment week one i mean taking like weather out of it because i i don't think it's fair to throw any of the bears or 49ers in there i mean eli mitchell definitely hurts because i thought he was gonna have a big season but he's now on the ir gonna miss some time Uh, but overall like who was your guys's biggest you know, uh, disappointment in week one. Uh, Drew, we'll go with you first. Uh, I mean, for me on my teams, I guess it's got to be uh, Robert Woods. Um, you know, we were expecting him to get the bulk of the targets, and it just did not happen, and I'm really worried. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He just wasn't very involved at all, and, you know, People are talking about like picking up Kyle Phillips because even with the little amount of snaps he had, he got targeted like 43% for the snaps he was on, which is absolutely nuts. Mm-hmm. And, like I've listened to a couple podcasts and they're like, you know, if you're in a deeper league, go ahead and pick him up. You might as well. And it's like, 
that's what's tough for me and it's like one of the waiver only waiver ads that i would be willing to do is maybe kyle phillips and it's like i can't drop robert woods for kyle phillips yet can i i don't i don't know how to feel about it there's no way you can i mean even just looking at last year bobby trees didn't have an incredible start to the season um, you know, 12 points, 12 points, and then a dip, and then he kind of took off before the injury. Uh, but, again, one game, and the Giants kind of impressed me. I mean, offensively, Saquon looks like he's back and like he's going to be that elite number one guy again, arguably up there with uh, CMC as the best overall back. Um, Another guy we got to pay attention to. Uh, for the Giants is uh, Kadarius Tony because the coaching staff clearly. I don't know if it's they're bringing him back slowly from his little injury he had, or that what. Made me sad. We're gonna have to hope that's the case because if not, they just don't like him, and for some reason they think Richie James is better, which clearly that wasn't the case. So yeah, I don't know. If it, we have to pay attention to that. It's wild. I mean, he's currently listed as Sterling Shepard's backup, and Shep had a big game. Yeah, I mean, maybe it wasn't even a big game. He had one yeah, long one big touchdown. Catch. Yeah. Right. One long touchdown. Um, same game, though. Like He's not my overall like disappointment for the week, but Derrick Henry didn't have a big week. He had 21 carries, but what do you have, 82 yards? Right. And... He, 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 he showed up on the end zone. You know Dude what I mean? got stacked up at the goal line. And, yeah, he, and he just didn't have the power he used to. And that simply becomes the issue with Derrick Henry in terms of uh, PPR scoring. Is Sure, he's going to get you 21 carries, 100 yards, maybe a touchdown here and there. I mean, he averaged almost four yards a carry, but he had one target out of the backfield. Dontrell Hilliard had um, what, two or three. He had four, actually. He had uh, passing touchdowns. Right. But at the same time, Hilliard's never been an efficient pass catcher, so I don't feel like we're going to see him all of a sudden take this major step forward. I mean, he only had one game last year with over four catches. Um, he's a very efficient runner, don't get me wrong, but he's never been that pass catcher. And But at the same time, Hilliard got the third down work. Does that scare you guys at all going forward with Derrick Henry? That, you know... No, I feel Derrick Henry's going to get his eventually here. He's just got to kind of... He's still coming back from that injury, essentially. So, like, he's just got to get some more reps, I guess. I don't know. Generally, he didn't look bad. Like, just watching the game, he he was still efficient. But with Derrick Henry, you know what you're going to get. And if he doesn't find the end zone on the ground, then it's not going to be a pretty week. So, Kyle, who was your disappointment for week one? Well, I kind of had two, but I, I have an idea that you're going to take the one, so I'll go with the other. Uh, the one that I was really upset about, really, was uh, Robert Woods, same team as Derrick Henry. I mean, he had two targets with one catch. The one Drew just said? Oh, I yeah. thought he said Allen Robinson. My bad. No. <laughs> okay. okay, I'll go with the other one then. Sorry. Uh, Devonta Smith. That was the one I was really upset about. He was 0 for 4. He had four targets and didn't catch a single ball. I mean, they didn't really target him too, too much. I mean, obviously targeted A.J. Brown a lot, but it just kind of scares me. I don't have too much or too many shares of him, but the ones that did have him, and he kind of let me down big. Yeah, so this is the thing. Again, week one, we cannot overreact to this. He played 96% of the snaps. Mm -hmm. 
that is a large number of snaps that he saw. He's going to get his... Teams are going to start zeroing it. I mean, it's going to be tough, but teams will zero in on A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown's not going to continue to have games where he's going to get 13 targets, 10 receptions for 155. There's at some point going to be a week where we see Devontae Smith break out, even if it's only three or four catches, but he puts up 60 yards and a touchdown. That, that may be the problem, though. Is he going to be more of a boomer bust flex option at this point? Then you don't sure. know when you can start him? Like, that's going gonna, gonna to be tough. Good chance, yeah. Right, but uh, he did get like four targets. He did have a catch that got pulled back because of penalty, so that kind of blows. But it, it's that, it's not like... I mean, he out he outsnapped AJ Brown, but AJ Brown had almost thirty points in ter- in terms of fantasy and PPR scoring this uh, past week. Um, I guess one of the issues looking at this right now is we didn't see Jalen Hurts throw for a touchdown this week. He ran one in. We saw Miles Sanders run one in. I think Ken Gainwell had one on the ground too. Mm-hmm. Um, Boston Scott had one on the ground, so. Down and you know close to the goal line that might scare some Eagles uh, receiver owners just because the ground game seems like it's going to be at least after week one seems like it's going to be the the primary focus when they're down and close to the goal line. We're not going to see the fades. We're not going to see a quick slant by one of these these receivers. So uh, Zach, I know Devontae's one of your guys this year. How did you feel about Devontae's week one performance? Oh, I was I was very upset, but. What what impressed me was the uh, the steps that Jalen Hurts has taken, and uh, I got to give credit where credit is due to a couple of people, which would be Jalen Hurts and uh, definitely Lamar Jackson, both getting it done with the arm a little bit, showing a little bit better accuracy than they did in the past, uh, and uh, I don't think we panic because with the way he was throwing that ball. Uh, I think we'll see. I think we'll see uh, Devonte Smith get get his. You know who didn't look good throwing the ball? Tua. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it worked anyways because the Patriots it, are it so did. bad. Mm-hmm. Let's not say that because. Never mind. Go on. Yeah, I mean, overall, I, I agree with everything you said, Lamar. Looked like he did it with the arm, or he did it with the arm pretty well. He didn't put up a ton of yardage, but three touchdowns was a huge week. And uh, back to Devontae, that just, it really hurts seeing him, mm-hmm. you know, put up a big, big uh, goose egg because I have him in three or four different leagues. I started him in a flex in each of those leagues, and that was an automatic zero. So, Zach, uh, since you're already going, who was your biggest disappointment for the first week of the fantasy football season? Mr. Matt Stafford, that hurt. That hurt. It hurt me in a couple of leagues. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think. Mm-hmm. I was just gonna say that's definitely scary how their O line went. I don't. I'm, yeah. We're gonna hope that improves, but if not, it's not looking good for Matt Stafford. I mean, but yet still, Cooper Cup still eight, so that <laughs> saved me in a league. <laughs> so did Daryl Henderson too. Yeah, and oh yeah, I mean that that goes into the Cam Akers debacle. I mean, I literally watched him choose to run out, run away from picking up a blitz instead of picking up the blitz. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I, I don't know if you guys seen that video. Mm-hmm. 
where he literally looks at the guy and then runs the opposite direction. So if he's going to do that, he's going to lose snaps. Oh, he's going to lose a lot of snaps. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can guarantee you what Stafford's saying. He's like, uh, give me the guy that's going to pick up the free blitzing linebacker. So I don't get crushed. Mm -hmm. And, we also have to take into account that Buffalo might have one of, if not the best front sevens in football. Yeah. So it, I, I feel like it doesn't matter what line he's going or they're going against, they're going to get theirs. I mean, Von Miller eight. He had a massive game. Uh, on top of that, I mean, Stafford. You also have to take into consideration uh, on top of the bad line play and the you know just a good front he went against. Three interceptions. A couple of those interceptions weren't on him. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you, you take, what, maybe two of those out, and there's, what, six or what, I don't know how many points. It depends on your league, what, you know, interceptions. Yeah, two apiece. Yeah, if, yeah right. two apiece. I think the one's four that I'm in. So, you know, you add an additional four points to his overall. He's sitting, still not great, just over, you know, ten points, but that's better than it could be. Yeah. Uh, my... My biggest disappointment week one, thank God I didn't get him in any leagues. I was really high on him going into the year. And week one was a bust. And that was CeeDee Lamb for me. Uh, I mean, I, he he played a huge part in this game. 97% of the snaps. He saw 11 targets, but he had two catches for 29 yards. Uh, going I forward, mean, you have to couple that with the fact that Dak is going to be out for at least arguably a month. Eight weeks. They're not putting him on they're not putting him on IR because they think he can come back quicker. So, hmm. uh, I saw, I forget who tweeted it out earlier. Uh, it might have been Shefty. They, but they, they were saying also that um, quarterbacks that get those plates put in their hands don't always, the ball doesn't leave their hand the same like it used to. Is he getting a That's plate a, put in his that, hand? Yeah, yeah, plate and pins. <laughs> Yeah, but they typically take that out too once it's fully healed. Typically, so yeah, Kyle is our actual our, our residential X-ray, medical yeah. expert here. X X-ray tech. <laughs> our X-ray tech, Kyle Gadley. Was well, it X-ray tech? But yeah, still is. Still is in my heart. In your heart, yeah. But yeah, they typically take that out. But it all depends on how it heals too. Like if it heals bad, then they're going to leave it in. So, but like, but like you said, like without. Dak being there, Cooper. I mean, CD Lamb's value just drops because Cooper Rush isn't really going to get him the ball. So, what we should tell our listeners is possibly if you have a way of uh, dangling out there and going out and grabbing a young wide receiver like CD Lamb and stashing him on your bench for a year. In terms of dynasty or keeper, yeah. In, ter- yeah. in terms of dynasty or keeper, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's, I think in general, the whole Dallas offense was a letdown this week. Dalton Schultz was the only one, I think, that broke double digits in points. Yeah, but that... Or Zeke came close, maybe, but, you know, Zeke didn't. He was still at six points. That Buccaneers defense ain't anything to... Yeah, it's the same thing with with Stafford. That defense is incredible. I mean, do we say the same thing about Pittsburgh's defense and the fact that everybody's freaking out about Joe Burrow? Potentially, and I, I think that is a definitely you know something we have to take into consideration is the defenses they went up against are no are, you know yeah 
They're no at joke. least in the first half, Pittsburgh looked like they were going to be a top five defense in the league. And then, you know, issues with, you know, DBs getting toasted and TJ Watt partially tearing a, a peck kind of downplayed the rest of the, the, the game. Did but you see Highsmith's stats, though? He leads the league, I think, in sacks right now with three. Yep. <laughs> but again, how many of those came after TJ Watt left the game? Probably, probably not. Probably none of them. Probably none. They, they came <laughs> due, to, due to TJ Watt disrupting the passer. So, uh, since I got ahead of myself and skipped over the recap of our booms and busts, let's go ahead and hop into those real quick. So I'll go ahead. I'll. Uh, I can read these off to you guys if you want me to. Like, yeah, if you guys want to know. Yeah. So good. <laughs> All right, so I'll go over Steve's first here. Uh, Let's just start with the booms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The booms, yeah. So Steve's booms, he took Devonta Smith, Trey Lance, and Marquise Brown. Devonta Smith and Trey Lance busted, so he got negative five for each of those. Marquise Brown finished right around his projection. What do you want to say, Steve? <laughs> um, I wish I would have taken James Robinson because I had him as an honorable mention. Mm-hmm. And J-Rob came back and absolutely balled. But other than that, I mean, Eli Mitchell we couldn't really see coming. It was an injury. And he was on pace for a steady day. It, it might not have been anything incredible. Um, I'm pulling up the stats real quick. He had six carries for 41 yards. He was averaging almost seven yards per carry. So he was mm-hmm. definitely dicing up the defense until he screwed his knee up. He has an MCL sprain. So... Is he coming back anytime soon, did they say? Uh, two months, I think. Two months. So Jeff Wilson is currently RB1. Tyrion Davis-Price and uh, Josh Mason, or Jordan Mason, pardon me, are competing for that. Didn't they just uh, sign uh, Marlon Mack, too, or something? Uh, I think to their practice squad. I don't think... Practice squad? Okay. I don't think he was signed to active roster. Gotcha. And also, Tyrion Davis-Price was a healthy scratch, but that was because... uh, Jordan Mason was a part of special teams. That, like, for me, I think he was inactive because they also had Jeff Wilson and Elijah Mitchell, so they mm. felt like they could make him a healthy scratch over Jordan because Mason because Jordan Mason, Mason had the versatility. He had the he was on the special teams, so they didn't right. want to make him the inactive. So I wouldn't give up on Tyrion Davis Price yet. You probably don't have him on your team, but I'm saying like he's has potential for carries at some point here yeah i definitely drafted him knowing eli mitchell has that potential to go down early in the season or just in general because he did last year so uh, um i'll go over my boom since i finished second to last Uh, i had jt elijah mitchell as we just talked about and baker mayfield so jt we all know popped off for about 30 elijah mitchell got hurt and baker finished about 15 points around his projection so I mean, I, I just had a feeling about JT. I mean, that was pretty steep with his projection at 21, I believe. Uh, yeah. But with the whole Baker thing, I thought the revenge game would give him about a 20-piece, but I was wrong. I mean, he still didn't, like, bust on me, so that's solid. But I don't know. It kind of scared me about whole DJ Moore, though, in Carolina this week, not going to lie. But it's just week one, so... The offense in general is kind of scary there. I mean, McCaffrey didn't get a ton of work. I mean, he had 10 carries for 33. 
one of those carries it was a botched snap that he picked up and took for like 15 yards or something like that and his weekend was salvaged due to him getting a goal line touchdown like it, it's if if that coaching staff does not start feeding cmc the way they should i think they're out of there by midway through the season i mean it's absolutely ridiculous well not just him dj Moore too well exactly it's if they keep that up it's not gonna look good for them mccaffrey had an 81 percent snap share this past week and saw 14 total touches between his 10 attempts and four uh completions so or passing work and through a majority of the game he only had like three rushing attempts it was like at the end where he got up to we were talking about it yeah yeah, and both DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson saw 100% of the snaps as well. Um, DJ Moore had six targets for 43. Robbie had five catches for 102, but he broke one off for a long touchdown. So that 75-yarder, you kind of have to take with a grain of salt too. Is that is that going to happen every week? Are we going to see some more checkdowns here? Because, I mean, we've seen Baker sling it, but we've also seen him be kept in checkdown. So what which Baker are we going to get? Exactly. All right, so I'll recap Zach's booms here. He had Javante Williams, which we know we let him eat, so he yep. popped off this week. Uh, Chris Olave, he finished around nine points, which his projection was nine and a half, so yeah. there's that. And then Kareem Hunt was projected about 11 points, and he had a 20-piece. Yeah, Zach, you got lucky this week, that's what I'm saying. Beginner's luck. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Uh, I mean, how, how do you feel about your week one performance? I mean, obviously, Alave was a... Alave was basically one of my long shots just because I, I could I could have seen him. I thought I was going to see at least a touchdown from him just because people were probably going to be keying on Michael Thomas just because... But Michael Thomas ate. Um, and so did Landry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just... I, I mean, they went... I mean, I think... I think my boom for him was probably premature. I just thought maybe he'd come in and just have one of those like first game like uh just go off like you see some rookies do in week one and then just flame out towards the end of the season. But uh we'll see. Um I feel pretty good about it. I got two out of the three. I mean And I mean truthfully, like a lot of they didn't have a bad day. No. He caught all three of his targets for forty one. He saw seventy five percent of the snaps. So, I mean, there's definitely potential, <clears throat> potentially big upside there for Olave throughout the season. It just depends on what Jameis is doing. So, back to Kyle. Alrighty. So, we have for the winner of the week, Drew, his booms were as follows Michael Carter projected at nine points, Chase Claypool, who was projected at 10.6 points, and Jameis Winston, who was projected at 17.4 points. Drew, how do you feel about your week one? Uh, I mean, I like it. I, I really liked the Michael Carter one. Granted, I didn't take my own advice. I didn't start him in any leagues, <laughs> but I should have. Uh, the Chase Claypool was kind of a shot in the dark, uh, hoping that the Steelers' offense would have any inkling of life. Mm-hmm. And you know, for what it was, he did not decent. He made it close to his projection, but. You know, not anywhere. The offense was not moving anywhere good enough for him to boom this week. And then 
for Jameis, it was kind of scary. I mean, he had like 20 passing yards in the first half, and then they just kicked it into the gear the second half and ended up pulling out the W. But, yeah, he went back to near his projection, too. I think, if I don't know, it was just a slow start for them. They just couldn't get it going in the first half. But I can see him definitely popping off more in the future if they get their first half figured out. Yeah, they made it scary throughout that game. I mean, it looked like <laughs> the choke artists themselves, Atlanta, was going to actually win a game. I mean, they fed Patterson the ball hard that game, but Algier was, an, it was a healthy scratch, so Dale Williams was his only, like, real competition for a back, uh, for touches in the backfield, but Jameis cooked that defense. Uh, he did get banged up a little bit. I don't know if you mentioned that or not. Um, no, but yeah, he did. And then came back in for, I think, what, the beginning of the fourth quarter? Like, he got banged up right on the end of the third or something like that, but had a, had a pretty big end of the... The game, he wasn't looking like he was going to be a boom at first. I mean, he was, you know, okay. But, uh, yeah, he had a big day. I'm excited to see how that offense is going to roll. Uh, and I think one of my least favorite waiver wire pickups is on that team, and we'll get into that when we get into the waiver wire talk. So, Kyle, let's go back to our busts. All right, I'll start out with your busts. <clears throat> so you start out with uh, Miko Hardman, Chris Godwin, and Amari Cooper. Uh, Miko Hardman was projected at 10 points. He was right about there. Chris Godwin, as we know, got banged up. So you get the uh, pretty easy one there. And Amari Cooper, who really didn't do anything. He was also a bust for you. Yeah, Godwin got a little lucky. He So from everything I'm hearing, it wasn't his knee he hurt again. It was his hamstring which in the long run could be pretty damning because soft injury to your soft tissue injuries like this, <laughs> um, they seem to just linger throughout the season. I mean, how many times have you seen a, a hamstring or a groin injury just linger for some, with somebody through a month, well, month look and at a McCaffrey half? Now. Look at McCaffrey last year, dude. He had that soft tissue injury to his hammy the whole year. And it took him out. So, so, yeah, it, I know what you're saying. And, and like, I, I'm I'm a big Chris Godwin believer. Like, dude was insane. I know, like, two or, two or three years ago, I drafted him in, in one of Kyle's leagues, like, super late, and then traded him for some tight end depth, and then my tight end got, you know, towards ACL, so. Do you remember what tight end that was? It was, it was Will Disley. Yes, it was. <laughs> so it was a package deal to get Will Disley and some a wide receiver as well. And Godwin had an. I think that was a twenty twenty season. Yeah, and he no nineteen, I think, and he popped off. I was say, didn't he finish as wide receiver one twenty nineteen season? Yeah, he had me win the chip because of Steve. <laughs> yep. So we we out here repping the boys, but yeah. Regardless, and that was with Jameis, so he's doing this with Brady. But I mean, mm-hmm. I'm I, I want to see him just absolutely tear it up. Penn State guy. Uh, just hope he can get healthy and, and make a, a good comeback and finish top 10 again. He's definitely got top 10, top 5 potential. And then Hardman. I don't I, I don't know what to say about this Kansas City offense. <laughs> no one really busted in the offense, but uh, CEH boomed, I guess you could say, by our standards. Uh, I think, I don't know what his projections were, but I'm Pretty sure we saw Kelsey Boom as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Juju had a big week. 
for him for his you know what we thought he would have. I mean, he only put up ten points, but he still had six catches for seventy nine, and he feels like the number one wide receiver on that team going forward. Um, yeah, if you, if uh, Nico didn't have that tutty, we would be talking about him as a bust right now. And then last but not least, Amari Cooper. It's just going to be so tough to get him go. If you're an Amari Cooper owner, I don't know why you drafted him. His ADP was <laughs> was so high for where he was going, and you knew you even before we got the extended extension or extended suspension for uh, Watson. You knew you were going to miss at least the first month and a half with Jacoby Brissett being your starting quarterback, and you still took him in a place where you shouldn't have. I mean, I don't know offhand right now who was going around him, but uh, I just I don't I don't think he he should have been drafted where he was, and it's going to be tough to see him bounce back and be a top 15 receiver, I think, this year. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's definitely tough with Cooper, especially with the quarterback play. It's going to be really tough, especially uh, until, I'd say, uh, Watson comes back. But even at that, it's still going to be tough for him. I think DPJ out-targeted him, right? Yeah, he got like 11 targets or something crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, in reference to players you could have had around Amari Cooper's range... AJ Dillon, Gabe Davis, Jerry Judy, CEH, Amon Ross St. Brown, Antonio Gibson, and you took Amari Cooper. That's tough. That's, That's tough. That's very tough. <laughs> All right. Moving on, Kyle. All right. Sounds good. So I will go on to my bus here. I had Chase Edmonds at 14.6, Jacoby Brissett at 15 on the dot, and Allen Robinson at 14.7. I was super heated because Chase Edmonds and Jacoby Brissett both finished at like a hair under five points from being a bust for me. I think Chase finished out with 10 on the dot and Jacoby was like (laughs) 10.3. So like I didn't get that as a bust. And then Allen Robinson, we all know. I don't know what happened there. That's kind of scaring me in that offense that they didn't target Allen Robinson at all, basically. Um I mean, Cooper Cup's still eight, like always, but it's just you want to you want to see Allen Robinson be like his old Chicago self, you know. I I'll throw it out there that Sean McVay himself in the after the game interview said that they have to get him more involved, and I don't know. I it might have been a you know the a pass fluke. rush coming at Matthew Stafford deal that he just wasn't getting it to him. He knew that his safety valve was. Cooper Cup, and that's what he was relying on that game. I I'm not panicking yet on Allen Robinson. I'm waiting till after this next week when they should do a lot better. And I feel like against you, Atlanta, you have to wait it out because where we drafted him, you can't you can't give up on it yet. I don't think. Steve, you're talking, but you're muted, bud. There were some overhead <laughs> shots I saw today. Uh, of the Rams on offense, and there was a couple plays that Allen Robinson had his DB beat handily, and I think it was part of, like you mentioned, not having time for Stafford to get ready with a pass rush coming at him. But uh, this week, like you said, he should realistically have a bigger week 
you imagine AJ Terrell is going to be blanketing uh, Cooper Cup. They're going to leave you with Casey, or leave uh, A Rob with Casey uh, Hayward. So overall, I think he should have a better matchup. There's there's really not a great pass rush in Atlanta. I like Drew said you can't. I don't think we can be scared yet. He had a 97% snap share. We just didn't see Stafford have time in the pocket to be able to do anything. So, what do you, what else do you guys think? And then we can move on if you're ready. Is do you guys think this is, could be like a possibility of like what happened last year with Robert Woods? How the Rams kind of struggled just force feeding Cooper Cup the whole time, not getting anywhere, and then once Bobby Trees said that like or didn't really say, but eventually just kind of showed that he wanted more targets and more share. They started doing well, and he got hurt, obviously. But I feel like this Rams offense needs to have a second wide receiver in order to win games. You know what I mean? And Allen Robinson is that guy. We know that he can be that guy. It's well, just what, like, sh- yeah, exactly. Go ahead. Well, what about, uh, sorry to interrupt you. What about, uh, what's his name? 18. Uh, I can't even remember Ben Skaronic. Yeah. I'm just I'm just being Yeah, I'm just being funny. Um <laughs> No, I, I wouldn't worry about him taking targets from Allen Robinson. I mean he's not even gonna play when Van Jefferson gets back. And I'm not You're worried about Van right. Jefferson taking targets from Allen Robinson. I truly believe it's just like a new uh, that it was their first game together. They didn't get much practice because they held out Matthew Stafford until like right before mm-hmm. the season started, that I, I'm just saying we can't panic on it yet. Yeah. What do you think about Tyler Higby getting 11 targets? That's surprising to me. Yeah, he had five catches. I mean, there's yeah. clearly a theme here going on for who Stafford likes throwing the ball. So that's all I'm saying. Oh, what? Yeah, Could you elaborate touchy, on that? Touchy, touchy, touchy. That's that's where I'm stopping right there. Yep. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Steve is officially out. Uh, <laughs> so I will go over Zach's bus here. So uh, your first bus was Jamar Chase, who had 20, who yeah. was projected at 20.83 points. Did that not can I, work? Can I, can, I, can I just say something, though? That first half, yeah. did it not look like it was going to pan out? It did, but like you know that they always come back. <laughs> I know. I was just sitting there at the first half. I was like, he's been targeted twice, and he has 20 yeah, I was yards. Say, I was like, Jamar Chase had like oh five points. Oh, my gosh. So he had a 30-piece, I think, or yeah, pretty close to By it. the end of it, he had a 30-piece. I mean, what are you going to do? The DBs, DBs yeah. had him locked down the first half. It was good enough for them to jump out to, what, a 17-3 to lead at one point? Mm-hmm. And then – the DBs just got tired because the defense was out on the field all game long. Like, mm-hmm. blah. I think I think if Pittsburgh possesses the ball a little bit longer and actually scores some touchdowns, it's a little bit different. But hey, I'll take the L. Yeah, uh, just on that one, you did because you had DJ Moore as your next one, which he was projected at fourteen and had maybe four, if that. Um, I think he had. So there was yeah. a. There was a bust, and then Romeo Dobbs was projected at eight, and I think he had nine. So you're oh, really? broke even on that one. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I thought he actually. I actually didn't think he caught the ball. Oh, that's my bad. He caught four passes for thirty-seven. Okay. Yeah. 
I mean, you had a decent week. Eh, it's not bad. I actually thought I hit. I I must have been looking at the wrong league, but or the wrong uh, receiver in. Yeah, even <laughs> in Green because Bay, they're yeah, all bad. Because, well, the thing of it is, like Green Bay missed so many opportunities. Like Christian Watson got targeted once just because he dropped a ball that would have been a touchdown. Like Aaron Rodgers is known to do that. Like he will hold a grudge. He against got you targeted four times, him. but yeah, he did drop a touchdown though. He did get targeted four times, not just once. But okay, I just I seen him throw. I I guess I just seen that play, and then they were like, he did they he didn't do anything all game because he. Well, once he drops that ball, man, Aaron Rodgers is gonna be like, uh, uh-uh, you're out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the whole thing. With, that's the whole problem with Aaron Rodgers. He's toxic, mm-hmm. and he ended up only having what three points this week. That's bad. I don't. I don't think he was on perks this week either. So that kind of hurts. Yeah. yeah, I mean. uh... He definitely had to consider retirement after this week. Like, ugh. Did you see the frustration he showed on the bench? Yeah, oh, he was rolling his eyes, staring at the coach. Like, pissed. really? Oh, he was bad. It was bad. I mean, his old buddies, Darius Smith, got a sack on him. Mm-hmm. It was a rough game if you're a Packers fan or had, or you rostered any Packer outside of A.J. Dillon. Like, it was, it was a rough game for any of yeah, that. Aaron Jones didn't do much. Yeah, I was, was sad about bad. that. I mean, 10 points, but anyways, carrying on. Drew, what do you think about this bus real quick? Uh, yeah, I don't know. The Romeo dubs seemed kind of like a easy throw out, but then it ended up not working out for him. So that was kind of nice. Jamar Chase was a homer pick and that didn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> He's calling the Homer picks already. I mean, that's straight up what it was. It had to be. All right. Well, yeah. okay. Fine. I know I still got I got shit for the DJ Moore pick, and he hit. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, I will give you a Yeah, we were wrong. All right, Drew. We'll talk about your bus now. So you you hit on all your bus. So a little yes, round of applause to Drew. There we go. His head's getting a lot bigger. Hopefully, his headset stays on. Uh, Travis Etienne was your first one at 14.18. Wandale Robinson was at 12.12 and Hunter Renfro was at 13.24 and they all were under 10 points. Etienne, I don't know. I, James Robinson just looks like he's the guy with the juice, man. I'm really liking him this year. I took him in a lot of leagues late, so. I don't even think it was all that. I mean, Etienne dropped a walk-in touchdown. So, that, that alone would have yeah. put him over over the yep. bus potential there, but at the same time, like I agree, it is. I still think it needs to be the James Robinson show. Wando hey, got hurt, right? <clears throat> he did. Yeah, Wando got hurt early in the game. Yeah, but he's questionable okay. for next week, I think. Hmm. Must have okay. been a sprain I, or something. I also do want to throw out there for ETN real quick before I go back to Robinson. He hmm. did get some targets in the end zone. Uh, I did see. At least one play, he lined up in the slot, and then uh, Lawrence took a shot at the end zone for him, but uh, overthrew him. And Wandale uh, is considered day-to-day knee injury right now. I don't think there's a status for next week. Probably questionable, like you mentioned, Zach. But yeah. anyway. Yeah, so then okay. the third one was Hunter Renfro. And, you know, kind of like how I threw it out there when we were talking about it last week. It's just that He's just not going to get 
the majority of the targets like he did last year. Devontae Adams had, what, 17 targets? Something absolutely mm-hmm. ridiculous. I think Waller had six or seven, right? Waller had six for, uh, for four catches and 79. Devontae had 17 targets, 10 catches, 141 in a tutty. Yeah, so still lost. Derek Carr did not look good to me either. Did you guys well, think so? He he makes some of the worst decisions ever. Like mm-hmm. he was putting balls in places that you probably shouldn't be. Like you don't like. I understand that you. <laughs> I understand that you're trying to force the like you're trying to get the ball to Devontae Adams, but you don't throw it into double coverage. I'm sorry. Like, I get he's good, Zach? but I, yeah. Where, stop. where was he putting his balls? <laughs> <laughs> the wrong spots. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. But, yeah, there's just too many mouths to feed now in Well, he's, in I Vegas. mean, he literally was forcing Devontae, forcing the ball to Devontae Adams, though. He was that forcing team... his balls at Devontae Adams. <laughs> yes. He literally raped the team because he was trying to get. Uh, I don't think you can say that. You can't even say that word, man. Uh, we're getting canceled. Uh, yep, probably. First um, week on the website, we're getting canceled. But I mean, on the other hand, speaking of Vegas, real quick, we saw Brandon Bolden cut, catch a touchdown pass. Like, I mean, obviously Josh McDaniels brought him with him from. New England, but do we think this is something we see more of? I mean, he only had two targets, but two catches on those two targets. Uh, a I lot mean, of people are worried about uh, Josh Jacobs, but he still got the bulk of the running work, and that was mm-hmm. kind of a rough uh, rushing defense to hit head on. So, And he still averaged almost six yards a carry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we need to worry too much. About Josh Jacobs, yeah. And, I, and as a running back, I'm just going to add on top that he had 60% snap share, which is actually pretty solid, you know what I mean, for running back. Yeah. Right, I mean, he's, he was efficient. 10 carries for 57. One catch for 16. I mean, he's doing nothing to get the ball taken away from him, and for some reason, he's getting the ball taken away from him. I mean, he didn't, you know, fantasy-wise, that's not a great stat line, but in terms of like real football, you know, hard knocks football, I, I don't think you can complain with those kind of numbers, especially if you find an end zone here or there. But it seemed like that wasn't going to be the case for Josh Jacobs this week. So yep. uh, that was it for all of our booms and busts, correct? Correct, Amundo. So with that, let's let's hop into week one waiver wire. There's some players that I'm pretty high on. There's a lot of players that I think we're seeing a little too much hype for. Um, so let's go ahead. Let's start with everybody's favorite. Who is your favorite week one waiver wire edition? We'll start with Kyle. Who are you going with week one? It doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's fab. It doesn't matter if it's waivers. Who is your go-to so- week one claim? Out of my eight leagues, I believe three or four of them had this man, and I don't know why he wasn't drafted and why I didn't draft him, but Daryl Henderson. If he is not on your roster at this point or anybody's roster, he needs to be. He's going to 
so far it looks like he's going to take the bulk of the work as we already said we, i mean we've already pretty much discussed this and discussed this in depth but i think he's going to take over cam Akers' role as the lead back and i feel like the only the only leagues you shouldn't see daryl henderson or you should see daryl henderson on the way it's going to be your smaller 10, 18 kind of leagues. 12 teams, he should be rostered no matter what. Mm-hmm. He was he was going right around that James Robinson range in terms of ADP. And if you didn't take him there and he's sitting in your waivers or you know, your waivers already processed and you missed out on him, then you missed out on a potential RB2 for the season. Yep. At worst, a flex option, I feel like. How do you feel about uh, Darren Henderson, Drew? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely looking good for him if Cam Akers doesn't make the most of the, his opportunities. It's looking like Daryl Henderson's going to get the bulk of the work here. Whether that you know, ends up being how it was this week where if he doesn't score, he's kind of eh. But I think he'll have his weeks where he really does pop off. So he definitely needs mm-hmm. to be on a roster. Yeah, I tend to absolutely agree with that. Um, My top waiver wire pick. I don't even know who my top waiver wire pickup is this week. Just throw some random um, ass, dude. Carter. No. DeAndre. <laughs> De- DeAndre Carter. You're going to spend over 50% of your fab budget on him? Yes. In two different <laughs> leagues, Zach spent over 50% of his fab budget on DeAndre Carter. I didn't spend any fab budget on him at all in one of the leagues. How many leagues did you take him in? Too many. Well... Too. too many. And you spent $50 on him in each league. No. 54 in Drew's no, Dynasty. I did not, I did not did. spend him. I didn't spend any money on him in the other one. Yeah, you did. No, 50, I didn't. Yes, I'm just looking at it right I now. spent 54 on Drew's because that's all I had left, and I didn't And, really and in, the, in the Boomer Bust League, you spent 56 What? Sure did. Yeah, dude, that's why I tried telling you. Sure did, buddy. Oh, shit. <laughs> I didn't realize that. <laughs> And yeah, no one else even put a bid in. That's not good. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, that's good. tough. I no, think my... It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, everything's fine. House is on fire. Everything's fine. It's fine. Uh, I think my week one wire edition is going to be Greg Dortch. Uh, kind of lower on the on the Dota pool. I mean, he had seven, target, or seven catches on nine targets, 91% of the snap share. Rondale Moore is going to miss, it seems like, significant time with that hammy injury, AJ Green's not doing it. And at least for the first six weeks, it's going to be, I feel like, Dorch and Marquise Brown. So I don't know that he's going to continue to have, you know, incredible weeks, put up 13 points, but he definitely has some flex potential to, you know, be a, a flex player going forward for you. Uh, and, I mean, A.J. Green kind of blew it last week, 74% of the snaps. He caught two balls for 13 yards. Yeah. So, I, I think it. I think going forward, it's the, the Hollywood Brown and, and Greg Dortch show until we see uh, D-Hop back. What do you guys think? I, w- I would say for sure un- until D-Hop comes back, but I feel like if Rondell Moore comes back before then, then I would definitely hop off the train because I feel like Greg Dortch is just kind of working in Rondale Moore's position sure. here. R- Rondale 
it sounds like he's working back towards playing, but this is another one of those, you know, soft tissue injuries, hamstring, that's going to potentially haunt him for a while. And the thing with Rondo is he's, he's a little bit of a burner. If he's not able to, to hit max speed and, you know, get downfield, then he's not, I don't think he's going to be super effective. But I know this is Zach said obviously that was his guy. So go ahead and touch on on Dorch, Zach. I mean, I really I really liked uh, the way he looked in that game. I mean, granted he didn't. Uh, I mean, I, I honestly just like the way he ran his routes. To be honest with you, he looked clean. Looked like he could be um, somebody that could uh, be a long-term option as long as uh, Kyler Murray stays uh, studying them plays. Um, so we'll see. Well, the new Call of Duty's dropping, so yeah. So might have to might have to trade him in my dynasty. All right, <laughs> and then... but uh, I can I, I can pivot to somebody else that I have my eye on too. Carter. No. Well, can uh, I get mine in first? Oh, yeah, yeah sure. That's what I was trying to do. Okay, uh, so my uh, week one waiver wire target for sure this week is going to be Jeff Wilson. I mean, it's shown on Sleeper he had over 1 million ads already. And I just think as of right now, until we see a diversion to Jordan Mason or Tyrion Davis Price, he's he's going to be the guy until Elijah Mitchell gets back. We've seen him do really well, and we've seen him kind of bust, but I think he's definitely worth adding to your roster this week to see how it goes. And the thing with uh, Wilson is it seems like he they like to utilize him a little bit in the passing game. I mean, he hasn't really had a full season of, of being you know, a backup back. I mean, the most games he's played is 12 games in a year, so you kind of take that with a grain of salt. But he definitely has potential to, to bust onto the scene and have a big week. I know I claimed him. I actually added him to my roster, I think, Sunday afternoon before the game when I saw Tyrion Davis Price was out and I could slide him into my IR spot to stash him. So it kind of worked out as a, a silent blessing there. But what, else do you, what do you guys think about Jeff Wilson before we go to Zach's waiver wire? I mean, yeah, he's definitely going to be the number one guy there. So and he does kind of work in the passing game a little bit too. So he's going to get featured a little bit more heavily and we all know that those Niners running backs always get a lot of work so and the weather is not going to be as bad every week as it was week one we have to keep you know re rehashing that that till the start until the snow starts flying though mm-hmm. and even still he plays in SoCal so fair enough Zach who is your week one waiver wire well, so I'm gonna pivot here a little bit and pivot. just mention because I did like I do like Dorch, but um, let's let's talk about a little bit of Zay Jones here, who's available in probably almost fifty percent. Yeah, fifty percent of leagues. The dude was targeted. Uh, I don't nine have it times, in front of me here. Nine times. He's nine ro- times. He's rostered in only twelve percent of leagues on Sleeper. Yeah. Dude is, I mean, it looks like he might have some early chem- chemistry with uh, Trevor Lawrence there, and that can only mean volume and yards and possibly touchdowns. And uh, he was hyped coming into the league, and he was never really doing anything, but maybe now he finally figured it out. Yeah, I think if you him and or potentially Marvin Jones. I mean, Jones didn't, Jones didn't have the week that Zay did. Zay had nine targets. 
Correct. Six catches, 65 yards. Marvin had six targets, four catches, 38 yards. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at that right now. But, I mean, overall, Zay, big-bodied guy, like that. Uh, although, I guess Zay Jones and Marvin Jones are the same exact player, except Zay weighs an entire one pound more than Marvin Jones. And he's, like, five years younger. Right. <laughs> but, well, how do you guys feel about I mean, Zay looks like... I mean, I drafted him super late. Like, I think my last pick in a best ball league, just throwing a dart at somebody. Mm-hmm. And... It kind of gives me some hope and excitement that going through the year, he has some. He may make a flex play on the roster once bye weeks roll in. Um, I mean, Christian Kirk absolutely hyper targeted, I felt like, but he made the most of his six catches. Um, 12 targets, six catches for 117. Christian Kirk looks like a late round steal right now, and I'm loving it because I got him in a handful of leagues myself. But I I don't know. I mean, it was Washington. Is the commander secondary that great? I don't think we really know. But week one, if this is what we're going to see out of Trevor Lawrence, then it kind of gives me some hope going forward for these pass catchers. Yeah, I mean, if Trevor Lawrence can figure out how to get more passing touchdowns, then we really could be looking at Zay Jones as a really good flex option. Because, I mean, if he keeps the seven, eight, nine target range and he ends up finding him in the end zone at least five times this year. Yeah. I think we're looking at him as a really good, solid flex option. Mm-hmm. So how about uh, the fact that Jacksonville has three wide receivers on their team, on their team, all the last name of Jones and Marvin Jones, <laughs> Zay Jones and Tim Jones. That's not confusing at all. No. Uh, but with that, do you guys have any, any week one waivers that waiver claims you're not loving, you don't see the hype around. Uh, I'll start off, and mine's Taysom Hill. I mean, the dude barely saw the field. He had everybody's wanted to say, you know, he had an incredible week. He put up 16 points, mainly because he ripped off a big run. He had a touchdown, but he only had one target. This isn't a guy that I, I think you can plug in and play every week. I mean, it's it's almost like we have it's almost like we've gone back in time, and we're using him as that gadget guy like Sean Payton did. But there's no consistency to, to and there's no rhyme or reason for him to be on a roster. I mean, he's currently, if you look at sleepers uh, rankings, tight end number three in PPR scoring, but he had 81 yards rushing. And a touchdown. It, that's there's no way he keeps that up. And again, if it wasn't for one big gain, I don't think we're talking about Taysom Hill. He was targeted once on all of the routes he ran, and on top of that, I think he only saw three of three percent of the snaps he saw were uh, where he ran a route on. So it, it scares me him and I think OJ Howard at the same time. So yeah, that's what. That was going to be my pick, which is uh, O.J. Howard. He had, like, literally two targets, and he just so happened to score on both of them. That was pretty much luck, and I see on Sleeper he's got a lot of ads this week, and I just feel like we got to calm down with that because, yeah, he's an athletic specimen, and it looked nice, but he literally had two targets, and he got lucky in my opinion. 
Yeah, I agree with that. And it feels like they kind of want to utilize both Farrell Brown and Brevin Jordan in that lineup. Yeah. And it just so happened that Howard got the touchdowns this week. I don't think there's any rhyme or reason that he, he should be wrong. I mean, if we see it again this week where he has another, you know, maybe an uptick in volume, he has five targets potentially, and has another touchdown, maybe next week you talk about a waiver addition, but right now I don't think there's any reason to. What do you guys feel about OJ or Taysom? No, I, you guys pretty much nailed right on the head for me. It's pretty good. All right, Kyle, do you have any waiver wire pickups that you are not loving? Uh, the one I'm not too crazy about that I see a lot of people actually picking him up is Zach Moss. And, I mean, he had six rushes and six targets. Like, I don't think that's going to happen every game. Like, and a fumble. And a fumble, yeah, exactly. And he had no red zone work, essentially, and only had a 37% snap share. Like, Devin Singletary is the number one there, and it's just it just so happened that he got a couple dump-offs and made couple got a couple grabs. That's... That's the hype's too big. He was certainly not efficient. He averaged mm-hmm. two and a half yards a carry. But we have also seen the Bills use him at the goal line, which scares me. I agree that I don't think he should be added, but we have seen him get a lot of goal line work. Especially like uh what midway through last year or early last year he got a bunch of goal line touches and then mm-hmm. disappeared for the remainder of the season. So I get exactly where you're coming from, and I don't think we can we can overhype that. What do you guys think about Zach? Yeah, the the thing for Zach Moss is all he's doing is hindering Devin Singletary, and like you said, Kyle, with those catches he got, that was pretty much just right place, right time. He just happened to be in on the dump offs. It's not like they're targeting him. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I really don't think he's worth being rostered on your team it's just he's gonna hurt Devin Singletary when he's out there and I do want to throw out Devin Singletary looked pretty decent yeah he did. in week one I mm-hmm. mean he was the average six yards a carry seven yards a catch and let's also factor in that we saw rookie James Cook fumble on his first NFL carry yeah if James Cook doesn't fumble we might not be talking about Zach Moss Maybe. fair enough but Zach so, Moss also fumbled, so... Right, but, but Zach Moss has been... This is, what, his third or fourth year in the league now? It's not a rookie coming into the, into the league like, like James mm-hmm. Cook is, so... Uh, can I we just point out there? Uh, I just want to point out, like, one random stat I just saw. Can you guys tell me who the top... The third best quarterback this week was? I'll top your head real quick. Third best QB. Hmm. Russ Wilson. In full PPR. No. No? Drew? Third best? Zach? Yeah. Third best. Gosh. All right, here we go. Jalen. Carson Wentz. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. Another weird He's back. He's back, baby. MVP season? (laughs) He had 313 yards, four passing tutties, and six rushes for 12 yards. Like, he had uh, 27 completions. That's pretty solid for, through the ball 41 times two interceptions i mean not terrible but he did <laughs> i didn't expect him to finish top 10 a single week this year let alone top three yeah i mean if you punted qb and he's for some reason on the waiver wire go ahead and pick him up pick him up especially yeah, in the super flex league he should be taken oh yeah 
Jawan Dotson had two of those touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let's also add in that Curtis Samuel might be a solid week one waiver claim. He had he ran a lot of routes. We saw a lot of three run or three receiver set, pardon me. And it seemed like they kind of want to spread the offense. All three of the receivers had a touchdown. McLaurin had one, Jahan had two, and Curtis had one. And I think Curtis ran a few got a few uh, rushes as well, if I'm not mistaken. And so I'll just throw it out there that I was trying to tell everybody that we can't forget about Curtis Samuel and you sure were. with the same like production that John Dotson gave if he doesn't score it's not looking too good but I mean if he keeps getting touchdowns then so be it and he'll be a potential flex option too but we just gotta be yeah. wary of that I mean I don't see a consistent 18 point effort out of him but I mean if you see 12 13 uh, you have to feel at least somewhat comfortable being able to plug him in, in your flex yeah. at any point at right now plugging him into your flex and then potentially just letting him sit there and some weeks he's going to go off and he's he could have bust weeks as well. Everybody can. I mean, Alvin Kamara had, what, six points, eight points last week? So that wasn't pretty. But, Zach, before we wrap it up, is there any but a, you know, week one waiver claims that you're not digging right now? I mean, uh, looking on Sleeper, what jumps out at me is people are still picking up Isaiah Pacheco. Even after um, uh, Che's big game, um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I mean, I don't know what you guys think, but I mean, he got a lot of the red zone work. And I think he had two touchdowns. One. Was it one? He had C A oh C H. He had two. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Pacheco. Sorry. No, no, no. no Pacheco no. had one too, though. Yeah, yeah. It, it looked like C E H had uh, more. He he was involved more in the passing too than mm. Pacheco. I mean, that's just my thought. I mean, people are still picking him up. I mean, I don't know what you guys think, but I'm not crazy about it. But maybe he is worth a stash in case something happens to that Clyde Edwards. Um, that's what I was thinking. I I don't think it's. You should not be putting him in your lineup by any means, but if you've got the room on your bench, I feel like you can stash him. Yeah, I think he's a better pickup than Jarek McKinnon, who I think is currently listed as RB two. But I mean, a lot of his, a lot of Pacheco's game script, I think, came in garbage time because yeah. Kansas City was yeah. up fairly big in this game. Yeah, and I, I don't want to take anything away from the kid. This kid looks like he's super talented and could be something. But as of right now, with CEH ahead of him, who really, like Zach said, popped off this first week, and if they continue to utilize him like they did uh, this week, I mean, he was official on the ground, seven for forty-two, three receiving or three receptions and thirty-two yards, two touchdowns. I mean, even if he cuts back to one touchdown, or you know, you take those touchdowns off the board, he doesn't have bad weeks. He's just not RB one material like everybody was drafting in his rookie year, so. But I know Kyle's big on Pacheco, so let's have him weigh in on this. No, I love Pacheco. I mean, it just sucks because CEH did pop off, like we were saying. But I just wish they can incorporate him somehow in the offense. That's really all my wish is for him. <laughs> and I'm not – like, he looked decent. Mm-hmm. He yeah. didn't look like he was yeah, bad. I'm not saying he was bad. I'm just saying what he has right. in front of him is just going to hinder him a lot. Right. You, typically. 
you don't want to roster somebody that's listed as the third RB on any team, I feel like. Uh, this might potentially be an exception because I feel like he could take Jerick McKinnon's role and excel in it, though. I feel like McKinnon, you know, might have a week here or there where he's worth a, a play, but you're never going to know when those weeks are. And I, I feel we might see, especially in the next couple of weeks, a more defined role for Pacheco potentially after his week one performance. So that's just me, but I, I don't know. Like I said, definitely a stash play. Because if CEH goes down, I feel a lot more confident in him being my my RB going into a week than than McKinnon or you know insert whoever else is on the waiver wire this week for running back Stontro Hilliard, uh, Rex Burkhead. I think we take a step back on Rex Burkhead. I mean, I get it; like he saw a ton of work, but Damian Pierce still, I think, slots in to be the RB one in this offense eventually. And even if he gets incorporated slowly into the offense and we see, you know, him slowly getting passing game work, I think Damian Pierce takes over this backfield. Yeah, I mean, you know, sure, he might get the bulk of the work for the first half of the season, Rex Burkhead, but it's not going to be efficient. And And he's not an every-down guy. He's not a three-down running back. Exactly, and for some reason, Levy Smith wants him to be, but... Do you you guys see this kind of being like a Javante Williams... Melvin mm-hmm. Gordon situation from a year ago. Yeah, but, like, divided by 15, it's just not going to be efficient. Mm-hmm. All right. So, with that, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Boom Bros Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we are now uploading twice a week. We will be bringing you our booms and busts uh, later on this week, as, as well as our Thursday night parlay, which we will recap, I guess, in the next episode, since we didn't this week, or in this uh, show. Uh, again, you can follow us pretty much right here your podcast and now on the inscribermagazine.com, where we are now part of their crew and going to get, hopefully, a lot more uh, views and, and listeners. Exposure. And, and hopefully we get the TikTok up and running here, too. So Yeah, we'll get that going. Uh, yeah, true, true. Just a... Just a uh, throw it out there. I'm pretty sure it's theinscribermag.com. Is that right? Yeah, I don't think it's magazine. I think it's just uh, mag. Actually, mag. If you search magazine, then I'm sure it'll pop up. Yeah, it'll just... If you search, S- yeah. SEO, SEO searches. Uh, I'm also yeah. writing on there. I have some fantasy pieces coming out. I had a week one stardom piece, which did not go very well for me. Good. Uh, I had Sammy Watkins in there. I had... Uh, JT actually did well. Marquise Brown hit his projections. But, uh, yes, Andy Watkins did not do well for me. And are we going to be under, like, a podcast tab, you said, Steve? Or what's getting worked out there? Yeah, eventually, um, the, the the site will be seeing some uh, renovations over the next... I don't know if renovations is what I want to say, but it will be under maintenance, I guess, over the next few weeks. By, by the sounds of it, it, we're coming up on the 10th year anniversary for the website. Uh, this is this is a very maybe not well known website, but is a credentialed website. We have access to uh, pit football. We have all uh, credentials to all MAC football. Uh, we do a lot of um, mo- like our uh, the, the guy in charge of the site does a lot of stuff with models. He gets down to you know he's a photographer for some models amongst other things. So uh, it's definitely a bigger 
platform to be on, and there's a lot of content over there. Other than just a podcast, there's articles. There's fan. I'm going to start producing more fantasy pieces. Maybe get you guys involved in some fantasy pieces. I can throw you guys in there as well. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a good opportunity, I think, to get some more exposure and get some more uh, listenership for us. So, thanks again for listening. We'll catch you later. Later this week, not next week. Later this week. Peace. Mm-hmm. Later. Peace. Deuces. Thank you for listening to the Boom or Bust Fantasy Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and rate and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts.